The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good evening. You're listening to KUCI at 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming online at KUCI.org. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer. And your host is Murray Frank. Murray's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity and From Victim to Victor, a step-by-step guide for ending the nightmare of ID theft. Mari's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and ID theft issues, and you may have seen her on TV on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, Geraldo, O'Reilly, and many other shows, including your own 90-minute PBS special called Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about Mari's work, visit www.identitytheft.org. Oh, well, thank you, Mary. We have a great show tonight. You know, we have had Fran Meyer on before, and she is the CEO of Trustee. She did a great job for us before, and she does wonderful work out in the community, and she's coming to us today all the way from San Francisco. Fran Meyer is the CEO of Trustee, the leading brand in online privacy. She is well known for her expertise in online privacy, online marketing, best practices, and marketing to women. She was a co-founder of Match.com. Remember, we talked about that last time where she established a great credibility, safety, and trust in online dating, which could be a very scary thing. That was a very popular dating site. And then she went on to do many more things in executive marketing roles at Woman.com and Kmart's BlueLight.com. She's done so many things, and then she joined Trustee back in 2001, and the company has greatly expanded and evolved under her leadership. And under Fran's leadership, it launched many new services for businesses, starting with the development of the Sender Score Certified Program, which she'll tell us about, formerly called the Bonded Center Program, which is widely viewed as the leading legitimate sender program on the market. Trustee's latest network reputation service is the Trusted Download Program, which promotes ethical behavior by adware and other software companies by publishing a whitelist of certified applications. It is the first downloadable software standards program backed by industry leaders, Yahoo, Search Marketing, CNET's Download.com, AOL, and Verizon. During Fran's time with Trustee, which she's still there running strong, she has strengthened its monitoring and dispute resolution platforms while growing in influence and certifying more than 2,000 websites. Fran is a great professional speaker. She speaks widely on the issues of privacy, security, and trust. She's appeared before the Federal Trade Commission, the U.S. Department of Commerce. She's testified before Congress. She's done a terrific job, and I've been so lucky to meet her in person on several occasions, and we're so glad that you joined us all the way from the Bay Area. Thank you. Why? thank you so much. That was a wonderful, wonderful introduction, and it's been a great pleasure to get to know you as well. Well, listen, why don't you tell my audience more about Trustee? They've probably seen your seals of approval, so why don't you tell them exactly what it is? Yeah, Trustee makes sure that your privacy, that we watch your privacy rights for you. Many websites have privacy statements, but you want the insurance as a consumer whether to trust uh, that website with your personal information. And we make sure we're on your side so that if you go to that website, you can feel confident that you'll have choice before your information is shared or used in a way. In other words, they can't do that unless they get your permission. We make sure there's a good level of security. We make sure that if you have any complaint whatsoever, you can come to trustee and we'll help you resolve it. I know you've done such a terrific job. But, you know, when we think about all of the worries on the Internet now and all of the privacy concerns, how are you able to respond to all the online threats and keep up with the changes in the industry? 
Well, that's a very good question. And one of the things that, you know, you mentioned I've been at trustees since 2001. It has never gotten boring. I'll bet. <laughs> There's always more and more stuff to take a look at. I was going to say good stuff, but unfortunately it's not. Right. Uh, you know, phishing, spyware, spam, oh my, where does it end? <laughs> and, you know, I think it's something that consumers are pretty, um, some consumers are very savvy about, other consumers are not. Uh, and definitely everybody needs somebody on their side to help them figure out what to do. One of the things that we try to do is try to keep up with the big issues. So a few years ago, it was spam. It's still an issue. I think consumers have gotten smart. Technology approaches have come about. Some uh, legislative approaches have come about. Spyware, in response to that, we did the Trusted Download Program. And our program, together with anti-spyware programs you can run on your computer and better standards in the marketplace, have led to less of those pop-ups that took over your computer. Right. You know, phishing, um, gosh, that's a big problem everybody's working on. And right now, I think one of the bigger issues is behavioral targeting. What we try to do is understand the issues from a multiple perspectives, technology, legislative, consumer, the business side of it, and come up with practical solutions. You know, when you were talking about behavioral targeting, I think a lot of people aren't really understanding what that's all about. Could you explain behavioral targeting? Well, you know, let me try. Okay. So let me start with um, a pretty easy example. Do you ever go to Starbucks and order something like a non-fat mocha one pump, no whip? No, you know what I order at Starbucks? I order a Vente um, vanilla latte, skinny vanilla latte. Okay. <laughs> now, if you go to the same Starbucks or, or coffee shop in your neighborhood, right. you may not even have to say what you want, right? Right. Because they know you. Right. And they, they may not know your name. They may not know where you live. They, may, they probably don't know your income. They might have some idea because of the way that you're dressed and, and what time they see you, that you work rather than stay at home. But they know you, and they present to you right away your, your venti uh, latte, yeah, right? Right. That's behavioral targeting in the real world, yes. in the on- offline world. What's happening online is that a lot of advertising networks and websites are able to observe your behavior, they track it. Our program participants require that they tell you that they're going to do some tracking, but it's really not related to your name, your address, for the most part. Okay? Right. And what they do that for is so that when you come to their website, if they see that maybe you've been looking at um, vacation destinations, they might serve you up an ad about a cruise or a new hotel. Or if they see that you've been looking at um, cars, they might, when you go to another website, they might serve you up an ad about some new models. Right. So largely speaking, behavioral targeting um, happens online a whole lot of ways. If you go to a women's-oriented website, you're likely to get ads for clothes and cosmetics and weight loss, unfortunately. Right. That's content advertising. Of course, advertising. I, could use, I could use that weight loss one. So. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and actually that's the point, Mari, because, yeah. because to some extent targeting is something we like. Sure. Right? I don't like going to a website and being totally anonymous because then I'm going to get a bunch of ads that don't fit me as a woman or as a mother or as a working person. Right. So we have to remember that to some extent Some personalization and targeting is not unusual. We've seen it offline Mm -hmm. and can be helpful. Right. The problem is when it happens to such a degree that it gets creepy. Yes. So I'll be on a website and they'll say uh, something very personal, and they might not even know it, but they'll guess. Right. Okay. Maybe or, if they guess a certain type of drug that they want to uh, right. target to you. Right. Right. That would be sensitive. Or they get into maybe they, they figure out, you know, uh, what kind of uh, political persuasion I might be. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's certain kinds of information and targeting that sort of crosses the line. Frankly, hasn't happened that much. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the second thing that happens that's kind of 
you know, not on the up and up, is even though they tell you it's it, they can tell you or some do tell you that it's not tied to your personal identity. Over time, they could put too much information about and maybe even tie it to your identity somewhere. Right. And that is something we would expect you to have permission about. In and addition to that, we think consumers ought to be, if they really want to be anonymous, they ought to be able to be anonymous. Right. Now, what about if they collect this information and share it with other companies? How do you feel well, about that? Well, I think that? that's what's happening. I, yes. I, I mean, if they share the anonymous information, I think for the most part, my opinion is that's not necessarily a bad thing if it's not tied to you as an individual and if it doesn't get into the sensitive data and if you have an opportunity to say no moth, right? Right, right, right. Because that's, that's actually what happens all the time. And, you know, the Internet content is mostly free, and that is what pays for it. Right, right. And we love to be able to use the Internet as a research tool and not have to pay on that, you know, to, just to be able to use it. So that makes right. sense. But I think th- the worrisome thing is, remember when there was the expose by the New York Times about how the behavioral targeting, real, even though it was, quote, anonymous, by the time they put things together, they could find out that the woman was buying dog food and, and that, you know, she lived in a certain neighborhood and she bought at certain stores, that they could put it together and it no longer was anonymous. What do you right. think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's the problem is that if these profiles get built and get uh, uh, attached to too much information. Now, personally, I'm not too bothered by that. Again, consumers ought to have the, the opportunity to say, they are bothered by that and opt out of it. Right, right. I think when you're right, when I go to Amazon and they tell me, well, here's some new privacy books, that kind of thing I do like. Right. And then if someone is using my computer that is not me and then they try and offer me something that really is is not uh, something that I would buy. That, right. that that could be and a problem too. And you get a little too. bit irritated by yeah, you by get that. irritated by it. Yeah, and and we it's do. like with the, you know, it's even like offline when people, let's say there was a pregnancy. I remember Beth Givens and I were talking about this particular issue that she had a phone call from a woman who actually had a stillborn child born, and then afterwards for months she got ads about buying diapers and buying baby food, and it oh. was just horrific. So, you know, again, when you get targeted when it's not appropriate or it doesn't really match, then it can be a very painful or very scary or totally inappropriate thing, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and this is the time where really industry's got to come together and come up with some standards. Now, it's interesting, uh, the new beta version of Explorer, i.e. 8, now has a mode called private browsing. Right. or in private browsing, where all that stuff is stripped out of your experience. And what do you think about that? Well, I think it's, it's, a, it's a vote for consumer control, because I think the privacy conversation right now is about consumer control. Exactly. And, it's about and, saying and the transparency what choices too. you want. Right. Well, it's hard to have control if you don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> exactly. So what is the the business need for assurance of online privacy? You know, we talk about the on, you know, the consumer need, but what about the business side of it? Yeah, so I mean, th- the good news here is that um companies and organizations really do want to earn the trust of their uh consumers and their members and their and their um constituents. And they know that this privacy concern is something that a lot of consumers really do care about and want to have the right protection. So we've been lucky to appeal to a number of companies who want to signal to consumers that, hey, they take privacy seriously. They also want to tell regulators and others, even some of their peers, that they're living up to a higher standard. The great news about this is many companies see some benefits of having the trustee seal. And those benefits include that they get higher transactions or higher registrations and more satisfaction from their consumers. And so, better, probably better sales. Well, better all that generally leads to better than top line yeah. or even bottom line. So we're excited that we can demonstrate again and again uh, the benefits of the trustee sale and helping a business build their business. And, uh, you know, the good news here is that they see some benefits both with their consumers but also 
Um, many companies see some benefits with their compliance and their privacy and security policies overall. Exactly, because the, this privacy, the privacy and security issues are not going to go away. Right. They're, they're just coming up more and more. So you were so really a leader back. We help back. them with the, uh, the best practices and the best things that they can do. Right. What kinds of seal holders um, does trustee really serve? Well, I think there's many groups. Um, on one end, we have a lot of very large companies, Microsoft, Yahoo, eBay, Facebook, um, you know, uh, big portals that are really uh, very important, IBM, uh, Intel, you know, uh, Yahoo. All the brand names that everybody big, knows. Big, yeah. yeah, so yeah. we touch millions of consumers every day. On the other side, we're really trying to reach out into the small companies because it's small companies who really need the brand. They need to really reassure consumers about their brand and their trustworthiness on one hand. And on the other hand, they often don't have the capacity in the lawyers and the money to invest in developing their own privacy program. So we work with them on helping them develop that. And you have for small mom and pop, because a lot of people start internet businesses and they sell things and, and maybe they're doing it out of their home. How do you, do, how do you deal yeah, with that? Yeah, so we're, we're, we, we reach some small parts of the market, but we're hoping to develop some more technology so we can meet them cost effectively. Right now, um, we have probably you know 1,500 small companies that pay us about $600 a year. And many, I think we'd have many more once we, we will have many more, once we make it a little bit more on a monthly charge right? and help them with our privacy statement development yeah, as well. Yeah, and they need it even more than the big companies. They do. Because those big companies have the in-house counsel, they have the IT people, they have right. everything. And I read somewhere that 70% of all businesses in this country are small businesses. It oh, would, I'm sure that's true. Yeah, yeah. The it's small amazing. business market is really, really large, yeah. and it's largely online nowadays. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're driving by in Newport Beach and you have a small business, you want to go to trustee.org and see what's there for you to help you because you may not have the kind of resources that the larger companies have. Um, I just want to introduce you again. We're speaking with a wonderful woman who I admire and think she's doing fabulous work, Fran Mayer, who is the CEO of Trustee, which is the leading brand in online privacy. You can find out more at trustee, T-R-U-S-T-E dot org, and we'll get back to you here. So tell us, um, can you tell me what about your recent enforcement actions? I know that you make sure that the seal holders really do what they're supposed to do. So what kind of enforcement actions do you do? Well, we do a number of different things to make sure that our sale holders um, live up to the promises that they make to their consumers. And, you know, sometimes mistakes happen, right? right. So sometimes uh, information is shared that shouldn't be shared. And we make sure that those companies correct that mistake, apologize to the consumers, and uh, sometimes we'll put them on suspension. Okay. Okay. And suspension means that the seal goes off? The seal goes off while they fix the underlying problem, maybe go through some training or things like that. Mm-hmm. Some companies maybe so we have a, a strict uh, contract and program requirements. Sometimes companies might do something that isn't specifically related to that, but is a privacy against our, our values. And so we can um, enforce by not renewing or dropping them from our program. Occasionally, there's companies that do some, some uh, things that we don't approve of. A couple of years ago, there was a company called Free iPods that was basically sharing your email address with others without getting any permission, oh. and they didn't even want to share, and we took enforcement action, actually did a press release on it, wow. and around the same time, they were subject to an investigation by the New York AG. I used to proudly say it was Spitzer. Don't say that as a <laughs> <laughs> Should have been investigating him, Fran. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the way it turns out, man. Right. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things at our disposal. Sometimes it's quiet. And sometimes, that's good. You know, sometimes it's rehabilitative. Right. And sometimes it's loud. And it all depends, frankly, on, okay, is this a systematic problem? Is this a mistake that happened? Is this a lack of care? Or is it outright fraud? Right. Is it malicious? And to yeah. say, depending on 
how how the uh, company comes out, uh, we certainly take that into account. It is a self-regulatory voluntary program. So most of the companies who join the program are really doing it because they want to do the right thing, and they're willing to make some changes to meet our requirements. And every company who joins our program has to make some changes. So let's go back and talk about what a seal holder must do to stay in the program or to get into the program. I always start it this way. What, what do you have to do to get into the program? And then you can tell us what do you have to do to stay in the program. Well, okay. So to start out, you've got to get ready to get into the program. Okay. And that means you should have a privacy statement that pretty much accurately reflects your practices. So unfortunately, we see a lot of cut-and-paste privacy statements. Right where they've taken it from somebody else and pasted it on their own, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So to be ready, you need to have a privacy statement that accurately represents your company's activities. And you have a pretty good idea about your security and who your, who your partners are and how you're using the data. So let's okay. go back to that privacy statement because, you know, we have laws in California regarding having a privacy statement. So let's talk about the issues that should be in that privacy statement, like collection and use, et cetera. Can you give a little bit of an example? For yeah, Mike? well, you started on it. You want to be able to say in your privacy statement what information is collected, mm-hmm. how and where it will be used, right. whether or not it's shared, not necessarily. Um, Clearly, we require if it's shared with uh, third parties for marketing purposes that you get permission. But you often have to share data with your agents. So if you're selling something, you have to share data with FedEx or the shipping company. Right. Right. So we ask you to describe that. We usually ask you companies to describe what would they do when faced with a subpoena. Right. Okay. So consumers should know that if the government comes calling with a subpoena, most companies will give your information, mm-hmm. okay? Um, then we ask about, uh, you should also talk in your privacy statement about um, any sort of tracking and monitoring that you do. And, of course, our seal holders have on their privacy statement the trustee seal and the ability to complain directly to trustee. Right. Okay. Now, now, do you have a level where they're supposed to, that you ask them first to complain to the company and then yes, if they we get do. no... Yes, yeah. we do ask them to do that. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, you want I don't the company... Be, yeah, the company yeah. should have a chance or an opportunity to make good first. Right. And uh, so once you're ready, we ask the companies to answer a questionnaire, mm-hmm. uh, sign a contract that they understand our program requirements, are willing to live with us, and pay us. Right. And then we have a team that looks at not just a privacy statement, but the practices of the, or the, the website. Right. About the information collected on the website. Right. And we um, go through that in sort of a, what I'd call a desktop audit. Right. All of our, or almost all of our um, certifi- certification agents have a, a CIPP designation. Okay, so certified. Pass, yeah, let's tell our audience what that certified is. Certified uh, information. Yeah, certified information privacy professional. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Which we both are, so we know. Yeah. Actually, I I, I haven't taken the test. Oh, yet, you have to do it. It's hard, though. It is hard. Well, I have to tell yeah, you. I know. And <laughs> but you can do it. I know. You probably I'm, could write I it. I just need to sit down and do it. I just don't want to mislead your your audience. I here. know. I know. But the people who really I don't really spend time with companies discussing in detail their specific privacy statements right. my team the people who do that on my team sure do have that training and and certification themselves i know but you could probably write the test i know that friend <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you so um and then we actually do a lot of monitoring and that's kind of the exciting thing earlier you talked about how trustees changing we just raised um money from venture capitalists and we're putting that new capital to work to keep up with those challenges. So we think now there's a lot of new technology that we can use to monitor the activities of websites and make sure that they are respecting the privacy promises they're making to consumers. So will that monitoring be automatic? Will it be Yeah, we're hoping that it will be ongoing and automatic and include the dispute resolution and complaints and really be something consumers can rely on. Right. At the same time, we're uh, also looking at 
using more technology to reach into the small business market, to expand internationally, um, and to address some other issues like behavioral targeting, like spyware, like mobile marketing. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff that's coming down the pike that we want to be prepared to do. Now, Fred, I have a question, you know, that I deal with fraud all the time and identity theft. Do you have any companies that are actually committing fraud by trying to put a trustee uh, seal well, on Well, we their... don't have them because we wouldn't let them put the seal on unless they meet our requirements. Well, no, no, no. But, but I there mean, are, you ever there hear are probably that? some companies out there that are showing the seal when they don't have any right to do so. Yeah, that's what I meant. Do you right. hear so back about we're, that? We're policing that, and we do um, trademark infringement and cease and desist, and we get involved in um, trying to understand keep up with it. Sometimes those companies say, oh, you caught us, okay, we'll join. And they <laughs> do the right thing. Oh, God. Then do you let them join after they've been that deceptive? Well, we'll, we'll try and, and get them to pay us for the use of the seal in the past. Right, but, right. You know, um, so it's something. Um, and, you know, the good news is many consumers tell us when they see the trustee seal when they don't think so. Sure. And, or, or when they want to make a complaint, and, they, and you say, wait a minute, they're not part of our team here. Yeah, right. Well, actually, if you click on the, on the seal, it usually comes up. And so we invite consumers to come to our website and search for the URL directly to see if it is uh, uh, trustee certified. And, you know, I should mention at trustee.org, um, and that's T-R-U-S-T-E dot O-R-G, that you have a wonderful um, array of wonderful resources for consumers on there as well as business people. You want we to talk do. a little bit about that? I think we, uh, you know, I think we've got a lot of tool sets for consumers about how to protect your children. I think we have something on on parents and teens. I wrote an article for you, so I know you have something oh, on identity theft. <laughs> yeah, we do, we do a newsletter. Yes. Um, and what was your article about? I'm it was sorry. about identity theft. I did it, okay, I think it was well, last year. Uh-huh. Um, we have some guides, even I think, for teachers on how to talk to consumers about this. And I tell you, kids are are very savvy about this stuff. Yes. Kids who've grown up on the internet, they, you know, they kind of know what to do, what not to do. I I know, for example, that my older son, uh, after I found out that he had a party at our house when we were on vacation, uh oh, because a friend <laughs> of his posted a picture of the party. And I took a good look. It's like, well, that's my house. Oh, no, friend. <laughs> I now can, he has now changed the privacy controls on Facebook <laughs> so that I can't see pictures other people post about him. <laughs> oh, no. That's too bad. Can you get around that? You're pretty no, sad. No, I, I can't. But you know what? He's in college. He's 18 now. I'm not yeah. too worried about it. Yeah, that is so funny. Well, let's talk about some of the, some of the privacy concerns for our young people because I think that is something that you've been worried about for a long time. I know you were even worried about that when you helped to develop uh, Match.com. So, so what are the social networking issues that, that God, you're concerned so, there's about? There's so many issues. So the funny thing about social networking is really it's an inv- invitation to put down so much information about yourself, and you're voluntarily giving it. And I think the, the, um, it's interesting in the uh, Sarah Palin that people went to the soon-to-be son-in-law's MySpace Right. Page and apparently found out all kinds of things about him. So, you know, <laughs> poor kid, right? Yeah. You know, you can. Kids need to know that. I think this is an extreme example. Here you have probably a boy who was, yeah, dating the the governor's daughter of a very small state. Right. Now thrust in the national limelight. Yes. And so, of course, everything he wrote on his MySpace page was probably people were able to find it, right. right? Right. So I do think teenagers need to be careful about what they post and make sure that they're really sharing the most intimate things only with their friends. Yes. You know? I not also, a good idea to put it online. Well, except that's, you know, I think we're fighting a losing battle there, Mari. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think, I, you know, somebody introduced me as one of the least private privacy people. Because I have a very active Facebook profile, and you know, I'm yeah. pretty transparent. But that is my choice. Exactly. I think the question for and you're is, also an adult, so you know exactly. what the ramifications are. Exactly. I think the question for kids is that who you are at 17 or 18 or 13, 14 or 15, 16, it's not who you are as an adult. 
And I don't know that I would have wanted my 15-year-old persona to be part of what I carry around me today. So we really have to, you know, educate kids to be circumspect and discreet about a whole lot more. Because just because you post online doesn't mean you have to do it. I think they also have to, of course, and I won't belabor this, but there's so much fraud and there's so much stalking. And I think what I've heard and seen with my own children in education is that the school system and public announcements in the media have done a lot of good to try to teach children not to get involved with strangers. Right. You know? Uh-huh. So that's been a concern for a long, long time. And I think it's one that MySpace and Facebook and other children's-oriented websites are getting more involved in helping to police, law you, enforcement, of course. Right. You know, Fran, I have seen so much cyberbullying and cyber identity theft. And, you know, and then, of course, we had uh, Dan Solov on our show who wrote oh, the, yeah. Fu- yeah, the Future of the Internet, uh, Future of Reputation on the Internet. And, how, and that was that was terrifying, too, because... What is the future of reputation? You were just talking about this. We have to think about kids at, at 15, what they're going to put up for pictures and what they're going to put up, and, and how is that going to affect them when they get a job? And I know I had an attorney on our show who talked about that they or his firm was going to hire somebody, and then when they saw uh, her Facebook and her MySpace, uh, they decided that they didn't want her to come and work for the firm. And people have to think about that kind of ramification, something that you do on the weekend when you're off or in, at night. If that picture gets up there, uh, what what can happen? What are the ramifications right. of that? Right. I think we have to really be careful about that. I think it's really scary. And, you know, I'm also getting things where we don't know what's true and what isn't true. And, and that is where someone will put up a, a fraudulent website, a, a woman who had called me who found out that her picture was put on a website without with a different name. In other words, and put up a whole scenario about her that had nothing to do with her, and, and even using a different name, but her picture was up there. So, yeah. you know, it, it's frightening. What do we do about this, all this fraud that's on the Internet? Right. Well, I mean, I think, again, this is what's keeping us all very busy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The cyber identity theft is, is scary stuff. Right, and, and here's the larger question, okay? There is, or, or, or the larger answer, there is no one solution. No. Okay, we're not going to shut down MySpace and Facebook. That would not be the right thing to do. No. Right? Or any of the other dating sites or, or instant messenger sites and things like that. Can't do it. No. I don't think legislation solves the problem in its entirety. And it's not going to. Neither will technology. Neither will self-regulatory. Neither will education. Okay? But to get... All of those things mm-hmm. can really put a damper and create an environment where less is happening and less bad is happening. You know, we're kind of still in the Wild West of the Internet. You know, it's it's new and it's I know, just but I've expanding. been doing it for like 15 years. I know. I don't know, I don't know how that happened. I know. It, it's it's so rapid and it's changing so much. And look at how how you've evolved with trustee and how the great new things that you've done, but all of the new problems, like you said, you're never going to get bored with your job because it's just ever evolving and it's growing and growing in every country, not just in our country. That's true. And I'm, you know, I think the deceptive part, I mean, you've got this wonderful resource out there, but this deceptive resource that I hear about, you know, people calling me about, cyber identity theft you know that isn't me and they put this up there or they put up a blog and they pretended to be me and it's not me and now i'm going to be fired from my job because of this blog that says it was me or somebody took a picture and they you know did something with photoshop and it's and really not me i do think that me. there's some companies coming out with some ways of approaching that yeah i i think one of the things that that is important is to be able to find what's out there about yourself you know yeah. what I mean? I, I put my name in, um, you know, in parenthesis, not parenthesis, uh, in, in quotation marks on Google and do a Google alert to see when my name comes up. And I've found that to be helpful. Uh-huh. So, so we need to be able to monitor what's being said about us. And I think we need one for our picture, you know, <laughs> somehow our picture has to be there and see where is our picture on the Internet. There's just, uh, I think the sky's the limit as far as ways that we can 
find to to really protect ourselves on the internet as well. Let me ask you something. What about all this use of mobile technology? What do you think about that with you know everything from our cell phones becoming GPS, et cetera? Um, what kind of pr uh, threats to privacy will, are going to be coming up? Um, I think one of the things that's kind of interesting is mobile is really becoming a portable computer. Yes. And you have to start thinking that that's the future. And when you think about that, there's a couple of things that are very different about it, two, two or three things. One is it's a very personal computer, more personal than probably your regular laptop, mm -hmm. okay? Because more than likely, many times people's primary computer is a work computer, but their phone is their phone, right? right? right. Everybody in my family has a mobile phone, and we call each other on our mobile phones, right? Yes, I mean, it's almost, we almost wonder why we need the home phone anymore. Exactly. A lot of people are thinking, why am I doing that? Right. right. Okay. Number one. So it's a very personal device to you and may have a lot of personal information and intimate information. Second thing, it's, it's increasingly location-based. Yes. Yeah. Now, I think it's kind of cool. I got that new iPhone. I'm a gadget girl yeah. through and through, right? Yeah. And, and I could go to a different place and pull up an application that tells me where the nearest, highest-rated restaurants are. Right, which is oh, great if you're out of town. Great. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. I know my son has an iPhone, and we're in New York. He'll look, he'll look up anything for us, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of cool. Um, the problem is, is, can that stuff be abused? Do you know when it's, being, when it's tracking you? I don't think a lot of location-based tracking without your knowledge is happening or advertising or marketing, but it can be abused. And I think that's a whole other set of issues related to location right. that need to be addressed. So it's personal. It could be place-oriented, right? Yes. And it could easily be lost. <laughs> exactly. It can be lost. And, of course, you can also drop it in your pedicure, and then you, you're really in trouble because you don't know anybody's number. <laughs> you know, Not anymore, anyway. No, and, and hopefully your SIM card, you know, you could find your SIM card unless it falls into the ocean, and then you don't have your SIM card, and you don't know anybody's number, and then you're really in bad shape. <laughs> but it's, it is. It's, um, so when you think about the telephone or my BlackBerry, all right, all these are computer devices how is trustee going to get involved in those kinds of issues? So we've already established some mobile guidelines that we did a few years ago. And I'm happy to say that many of the principles still apply now. We did this, I think, in 2005. Uh, we're looking at updating those. And they're mostly guidelines for uh, companies in terms of how they're using their location-based data and what kind of permission and settings they're giving to consumers. So what like, are some I of those think, guidelines? Can you tell us some of those guidelines? I think. Um, it's mostly um, giving people notice, especially if they're going to be marketed or tracked uh -huh. on the phones. Right. Okay? And making sure that the privacy, uh, people have some privacy expectations. And the phone's actually, here's another difference with the phone. Sometimes you get pay, have to pay for messages or pay for band use. And the good news about that is it actually stops spam and actually stops some things happening because the financial thing creates an obstacle. Okay. Right. One of the problems with, with email is on a per person basis it's basically free. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm So anybody can doesn't have to spend a whole lot of money to spam a million people. Right. But to call a million phones mobile, you would. Right. Right. So that has had, you know, sometimes you get what you pay for. And that's actually one of the good things about the mobile environment. Um, and then I think also there's, there's uh, uh, ways of giving people some guidelines in terms of when to turn off tracking, when to turn off location stuff. Um, that's basically what it's about right now. Yeah. It's my understanding that even if you have your phone off, you can be tracked. Is that true, do you know? I do not believe so. Oh, okay, because I, I thought I but, read that But, you know, somewhere. what's off? Yeah. Is the data off? Is the phone off? Is, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you turn the thing off ever? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, you can. I don't you know. Can, yeah. I know. I know. I mean, I mean you, if, if you take a BlackBerry or iPhone, you can simultaneously be on a phone network, a GPS network, and a wireless network. Yes. Yeah, and you can turn all those off separa- yeah. separately. Yeah, I can never figure that out. Why, what, you know, all these things that I have to turn off on my BlackBerry. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And I think, yeah, I think that on one hand, God forbid you were injured in your car if your phone was off, if somebody could find you, that would be good. If, oh, oh, oh you know, I mean, everything is good. Yeah. Okay. Everything the has the good and the good. bad. Yeah, everything. Social networking is good. Um, Mobile uh, GPS tracking is good. Even advertising is good. Sure it is. It's just, what are the limits? Right. I don't think I want to get text messages as I walk by, come here and and buy this outfit or come to this restaurant. You're only a half a block away. I really don't like the fact that that would be used. And like you said, if I got a text message, it would cost me money to get that text message. So I don't like that and I haven't gotten any of those but I think my husband has Lloyd haven't you gotten some of those text messages all right yeah I haven't gotten those why is why is it that he's getting them I'm not wonder what that's all about yeah I don't know yeah I just don't like the idea that gets back to you know choice right yeah I mean some people would like it and some people would not like it it is um it's an interesting world mm-hmm so what steps can we take to make sure that our information online is safe and not being tracked so, um, or, or stolen? Well, <laughs> you know, I think people need to be careful about who they in- interact with, either as individuals or as companies. Mm-hmm. I think they should look for the trustee sale, of course. Yes. Um, the advantage of that is we've looked at the privacy statement, and we've made sure that you will have the choices you need about your data. Mm-hmm. I think people need to complain when they think they've been abused, either to us or to others. Right. Okay. I think they need to um, uh, use credit cards that offer a certain amount of protection. Right. Okay. Or PayPal or other ways of, uh, you know, not sharing their information just willy-nilly. Um, I think, you know, this is a very practical and tactical thing, but people should look over their bills when they get them every month. I, I use Intuit. I love, you know, Quicken to uh, balance my checkbook. Right. But sometimes, be- on my credit card statements and things like that to reconcile. Sure. Sometimes they're so easy, though, that I don't bother to look at the details. Oh, yeah, that's dangerous. Right? You should look at the details because I almost every time I look, I find something that's not necessarily fraud, but is maybe a charge I didn't totally understand or expect. Right. Okay? And sometimes the name of the company that you charge to is different from the, the right. place that you bought. So you got to right. call and say, who, who are you? Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes it is fraud. And sometimes it is fraud. So, right. I mean, we all have to be stewards of our own information. Exactly. And recognize that our information has value. Don't yeah. sell it for anything, really. I mean, make sure you understand when you're, where your information is going, and that's in good hands. You must be active stewards. And that means you must take the time to look for those things that give you confidence, like brands and seals and recommendations and things like that, and stay away from the things that don't give you confidence. And even within places that you are confident, exercise your choices. Yeah, you know, and I think the name, the name trustee is so critical because trust is the most important thing when you're doing business right you don't want like they say you don't want to buy a used car from this person you know and then the person is standing there looking like a monster you know, obviously you want to do business with people you trust and i think that's the beauty of trustee is that helps you to know who to trust because in this day and age with the information age and the computers and internet being just so vast we don't know who we can trust and so I think by by knowing that trustee is out there, uh, a leading brand name in online privacy, we're, we're way ahead of the game. Well, thank you. We hope so, too. It's going to take some more investment and also takes the whole ecosystem to address the issues. Right. 
Let me ask you, what is the Sender Score certified program? You know, I noticed that you mentioned that, and that was a program we had a couple of years ago, but we're not actively involved in it anymore. Okay. okay. And the idea, we have something called the uh, e the email privacy seal. Okay, so And we tell make us sure companies that. that have that seal, and it's kind of a, the successor to Sender Score, that the companies that have that seal uh, are definitely doing the right things in terms of their email privacy program so that they're not spamming, they're not buying data, they're not doing the things that you wouldn't want them to do. So the companies sign up for the email privacy or is it the consumers that no, sign they, up? No, they sign up for it and by signing up for it they make sure that um, they're not spamming consumers. Okay, and so the companies, the companies sign up and say we, we adhere to these rules that we are not spamming consumers. Is that what you're right. saying? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the more interesting program is our trusted download program. And what we do there is we make sure that downloadable software that you put on your computer yes. is not spyware. Okay. So and it's so not collecting data. It's, it, you can always uninstall it. You have to give permission for it to be installed. It's, it's not uh, replicating and sending stuff back. It really is on the up and up. And that was so important to have a program to address oh, that market. Oh, yeah. Point. I mean, people are terrified to be downloading this. So is this, this is, a company will become part of the, how does, how does that work, basically? I'm not quite sure I understand how the companies So a, a company submits an application for um, their um, consumer downloadable software. So it could be a little widget or a little calculator or maybe a photo site or something like that. Right. And um, and depending on what that application does, the company has to meet standards for software integrity and permission. And the whole idea is a lot of applications we're getting on people's consumers, um, computers, without consumers giving their permission for it to be on. And so you're talking about ad, adware. You mean yeah. that yeah, would, adware yeah. would be added on? Okay. And and if the company is essentially advertising based and serving up pop-ups, we require that consumers get very strong notice when they're signing up that they might get pop-up ads and that they can exercise their choice. Okay. So let's say I'm a consumer and I go and I want to download a program. Um, if they will, I see the trustee seal that says yeah. You okay. would, but you'd also, what the other important part of this program is some advertisers did not want to advertise on companies who did not make it on our whitelist. So oh. not only do we tell this to consumers, but we tell this to the advertising community okay. that these can be trusted. You know, what we're all about is elevating the good players. Right, right, because when you encourage good behavior, it it increases. It, right. It, uh, you know, others want to join on because that... You have a good reputation for doing that. But as consumers, how do we know um, when we go to a website, what will be apparent to us if we want to be able to trust to download something? Okay, that's that's the question I'm asking. I, I guess I haven't seen that well, when I don't. Well, yeah, like, I, you'd, look, you'd look for the trustee seal. Okay, but it, I wouldn't know. I mean, someone could have a trustee seal without having this trusted download, wouldn't they? Or could they? Well, no. We will not give them. If, if, the, if the company or website is all about the download, they don't get the trustee seal oh, unless they do the download program. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, we, so they have to, to do both, in other words. Yeah. Okay. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what we can find on the website if let's say we have a lot of small businesses that drive by and medium-sized businesses so when they want to learn more about how they can get involved why don't you tell us what they should do when they go to the trustee.org website so we have a special part of the website for um for businesses okay and they should go there and there we highlight our different kind of programs and how to sign up, and how to renew, and what some of the benefits are. So that's probably the best place to go. And that's www.trustee.org slash business. Okay. Right. Okay. And then for... And uh, we even have an online application process that's fairly easy to do. Great. Now, how about for consumers that want to learn more about what they should be looking for in privacy notices and what they should 
you know, if they want to sign up for your newsletter, what should they do? Um, they could go to the consumer part of our site and sign up for our consumer newsletter. And when they go to that part of our site, they can see what kind of complaints people get or, get, uh, or have, have shared with us and some of our uh, materials on how to be safe online. Terrific. You know, Fran, you have you are a CEO of a major company, trustee, and a woman, which is wonderful. And you have been really one of the leaders in marketing for women. So tell us, what what have you learned about marketing for women? I mean, what that's been a big issue for you. You've been in executive roles. How is it different than marketing to men? Well, first of all, most marketing online was focused to men. Interesting. And the truth, uh, early, yeah. okay, it's getting better now. And the truth is, is uh, women are the usually the decision makers in most households about not just groceries and clothing and household goods, but about pretty much every major purchase, including cars and appliances and the homes themselves. Right. So in many ways, a lot of marketing was not really, or a lot of online marketing was not really recognizing that women were our important consumers and that reaching out to women with content and uh, stuff that they wanted was going to be very lucrative. Hmm. I also think the other thing about women online is they're very social beings, you know, mm-hmm. and they have definitely looked at the online environment to connect with family, to connect with friends, to share a lot. And I think the backbone of a lot of social networking really is, is women connecting with their friends and family. And so that's an important marketplace as well. Um, my favorite story of uh, way back when, when we were first starting Match.com, we didn't have too many questions. And, of course, all my, because online dating was very early, you didn't need to have 100 profile questions to match people up. Probably 10 was good enough, right? Right, right. <laughs> and, and cover the basics at first. And sure. now, of course, it's really evolved. But back then, we were, um, I remember a bunch of engineers were, were working on the questions and the matching, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's um, men seeking women or women seeking men and age and marital status and whether they want children and, um, you know, a lot of things in religion, a lot of things that there's just number answers for right and one of the questions was um weight and and the guys the engineers were like putting weight ranges or put in your weight and what weight are you most interested in right for a potential partner (laughs) right and i said guys stop the presses (laughs) we're not we're trying to market to women because we believe if women come on to match.com then men will too right women are not going to answer the weight question (laughs) (laughs) so the question became what is your build, athletic, voluptuous, right. curvy, you know, skinny, whatever, right, was right, more right. descriptive. Very smart, very smart. And so what do you think on trustee? What do you think, uh, because you are a woman uh, CEO, how do you think that that has helped to shape the, the growth and development of trustee? I think that I have a pretty good insight into what, consumers and women are concerned about in terms of their family safety, in terms of what's a fair deal, in terms of having some insights into how people make some decisions. And they're protective. Women are protective. And I think that's what your your site is there to protect people's privacy and their security. So, and those are very much the kinds of things that moms take care of all the time. I can tell you, I've had a lot of laughs with what my just observing what my children do online mm-hmm. and, and bringing that back in. And, uh, and then I think it's kind of been fun because uh, a lot of the stuff we deal with has to do with technology and Silicon Valley and engineering. And maybe being a gal helps me stand out a little bit more. Exactly. Well, you've done such a terrific Thank job. You. And so how do you see yourself in the next couple of years in terms of your career and, and privacy? Well, we're really in a very different place right now. Um, we have always been operated a little bit on a shoestring up until the summer. And after raising, you know, many millions of dollars, um, my goal is to really expand trustee to really be the, the um, ubiquitous, you know, mm-hmm. so you see us everywhere. Right. And that's going to take technology. It's going to take 
expansion of my team with a lot of new talent. It's going to take some good marketing and continued business relationships. So while I've been at Trustee to some extent for seven years, I actually feel like I've been at Trustee for two months <laughs> in a job that I know really, really well. So now you are just reinventing yourself, right? That's a lot as, of fun. As the new CEO. And I think what's really important, which one of the things that I saw in, in the press release and what you're doing is that another woman type thing is dispute resolution. And you want to help to create a, a place where those disputes can be resolved without having to go to court, without having to have people feel that they are just impotent that they can resolve issues as well. Am I correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think there's more and more things that we can put to that to help women do that. Yes, and I'd love to see you do some good privacy mediation. I think you're going to do a terrific job, as you you have been doing for the last seven years. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. So we thank you for all the great work, and we're going to send people to trustee.org to see all the great opportunities that they have, either as small, medium, and large businesses, and also as consumers. So thank you so much, Fran, for joining us. Mari, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yes, and you're always terrific. We'll have you on next year to find out all the great things that you're doing on. I can't wait. Okay, we'll hope to see you soon, too. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org. And then that, I'm Mari Frank, your host. You've just been listening to Fran Mayer, who is the CEO of Trustee. That's T-R-U-S-T-E dot org. Wonderful organization, the leading brand on privacy. Join us every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on KUCI and visit our website, KUCI.org slash privacy piracy, where you can see our upcoming guests. You can download our podcast, listen to archive interviews, and write us an email. Tell us what you want to learn about. We would love to hear from you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Frank, host of Privacy Piracy, which airs every Wednesday evening from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And I'm also privileged to be able to present the weekly segment of Orange County Sheriff News and Safety Tips. Last week, we spoke with Lieutenant Rich Paddock, who happens to be the Chief of Police Services in Aliso Viejo, but he has another exciting hat that he wears, and he is in charge of the Mounted Enforcement Unit for the Orange County Sheriff. And he's been with the Orange County Sheriff for 32 years, and he does wonderful things with those gorgeous horses. So tell us a little bit more about the horses, who owns them, where they're kept, and what you have to do with them. Most of our members uh, have the horses uh, at their at their residence, but out of the 31 members of our team, we have 12 at the James A. Music facility in Irvine. We have about a three-and-a-half-acre site up there at our branch jail, and we have two full-time employees they're responsible for the care and control of the horses. Uh, the folks that don't have their horses at the music facility uh, generally have them at their uh, residence or at a local uh, stable. And our horses range from quarter horses. Uh, most of our horses, 99% of them are males or quarter horses. And we even recently obtained a full-size Clydesdale horse. Mm-hmm. If you've ever stood next to a Clydesdale, you're, uh, you feel like you're standing next to an elephant. But he has really worked in well with the rest of us. His name is Triton, and he's a big fella. Fun to have around. So who owns the horses? Do, does the sheriff own the horses, or do the people own the horses? The That's county it. owns 12 of the horses, and then the other, the balance of the 31 are owned privately by the members of the uh, of the mounted unit. We have several members on our unit who have been with the, the sheriff's department and on the mounted unit for 25 plus years. So we have a lot of good experience uh, from with which to draw. You and I had talked before about some of the great things that these horses have allowed you to do. Will you tell us one of the stories about the, an activity that the mounted enforcement unit does? My pleasure. My favorite to talk about is the, the day that the Stanley Cup was flown into the uh, Honda Center 
uh, right after the Ducks won the won the, uh, the World Championship, the Anaheim Police Department is responsible for the policing of that area and requested assistance from us and our other partners at uh, the Garden Grove and the Santa Ana Police Department. So what we were able to do, Mari, is assemble about 45 officers and deputies, and we parked 20 of them standing shoulder to shoulder in a straight line facing the parking lot at the Honda Center. On the horses. And, on, the horses. Uh, on the horses. And then the other, about another 20 or 25 officers and deputies perpendicular down Douglas Road. And so if you can imagine a 90-degree angle, and what we were doing is watching 15,000 people in, in the parking lot of the Honda Center. Uh, Governor Schwarzenegger was there. The Ducks were there. They flew in the, the uh, Stanley Cup. And what it was is what we call a static display of force. And it showed everybody that we were there and we had a force multiplier and we were ready to do anything that we needed to do to keep those people safe down there in that parking lot. We had plenty of uh, foot support from the Anaheim Police Department. And it was just a wonderful event. People would look up at the horses and wave at us. And all we did was stand there (laughs) after the event was over. We had hundreds and hundreds of people come by and say hello to the deputies and the officers, thanking them for just being there. It really is a crowd calmer, if you will. And they probably wanted to pet the beautiful horses, too. They did. (laughs) We don't like them to do that, uh, because if you stand in one place for three hours, you you get a little stiff. uh, But they did want to, and... uh, uh, we had to Gently. kindly ask him to go back. <laughs> right. But it was it was a great day had by all, and mostly it was a safe day. Thank you so much for joining us, Lieutenant Rich You're Paddock. Welcome. You're quite welcome, Ari. Talk okay. to you soon. Okay.